Um, and so how are we going to sustain results with the why? What's our why? If I don't even know you, and you're not asking you, and I'm your coach. Yeah. And I'm over here telling you what to do and barking at you and saying, oh, you're late. You don't care. Taking all these things personal instead of realizing like, oh, man, you have a kid that was sick. That's dope. You're 15 minutes late because you're a parent. Holy right. shit. This isn't your life. This is my fucking life. Welcome to the Nirvana Mind and Body Podcast, a place for conscious conversations, a space to feel, expand your mind, and learn to become your fullest self. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to the show. I'm with my homie Sean McDevitt and our special guest, Jared Cardona. Good morning. What's, what's up, up, Jared? Yeah. Oh, man. Both of you at the same time just said that. <laughs> Asked me that question. Amazing. Nice man, I've been uh, I've been wanting to get you on here, pretty much when you made the move. I was like, I got to get Jared on. Your story's amazing. Uh, we've become such good friends in the short time that you've been here. Um, and Sean, I, I definitely wanted Sean on this podcast because I always think you do such a great job of one asking the best questions. I receive that. Yeah, and you got a great podcast voice. Thank you. You so, do have a really great podcast voice. You know, it's that velvety smooth. Right? You both have a really great podcast voice. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm excited for today for people to get um, to get to know you on a deeper level um, and all the ways, you know, we, I think a lot all of the crevices, you, yeah, all the different <laughs> spaces. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and I would like to just kind of get into like how me and you kind of know each other real quick. Um, you know, I think I started following you. Uh, before I met you in person, mm-hmm. um, so not too long ago, but um, you've been kind of following me for a little bit of my journey now for a little bit. A decade. So, a decade. Yeah, so we'll get Straight into up. For real though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I used to watch Justin's videos on YouTube before I would go work out. Get hyped up. Yeah, I'd get myself hyped up. Be like, all right, he's real. He pushes. Mm-hmm. I can do that. He was, so that he was, was the part first of person my, like, I watched on YouTube. A, that was like my first influencer, like, and, and yeah, pretty much. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I had no idea. First person you're... I ever bought a program from. Wow. The, yeah. Only person I ever bought a program from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you hit me up, when you hit me up, um, you just like, hey, man, I want to come show you some cool stuff. You drove all the way out here. You were just visiting, too. You weren't even out here yet. I don't think you even decided if you were going to be here yet. Yeah, I was out here teaching a Landmine University certification, uh, part of their education team. And I'd seen that you were getting into landmines mm-hmm. and kettlebells and unconventional training. And I was like, all right, well, I can help you. Yeah. And you helped me a lot. <laughs> so, you know, this is a moment I feel like I can return some energy back, share some energy. Uh, it's something that I've uh, taken a deep dive into. And I saw that you were in the beginning of that journey. So why not share knowledge? Like you gave me my knowledge, a lot of it for connecting to mind to muscle. Mm. So let's uh, bring it back. So was this a cold outreach? You just like DM Justin? Yeah, take my shot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I just want to touch on that for a sec because <laughs> I would say, Justin, you're a larger than life personality to a lot of people. And I know I think this way sometimes with other people. It's like, oh, I can't talk to them, right? Mm. And so for our listeners, I think it's a cool note to shoot your shot mm. and reach out and also provide value. I think that's what people miss is they reach out just being like, hey, bro, can I come over? And you instead were like, hey, you've impacted me in this way, this way, this way. I see that you're getting into this, 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 and I can help you with that. I'd love to connect. And mm-hmm. then you were more receptive to that. Yeah, that's exactly kind of how it was. Like you came out and you're just, yo, man, I just want to show you some stuff. And I just, you literally said that I think you showed me a lot of stuff over the years. I've been following you for a minute and I just want to give back. And you came through and just showed me a bunch of cool stuff, um, sp- specifically like learning the landmine that day. I think you came through. And you even left a slush rope for me to start playing with. Yeah. You showed me some slush rope too. Just wanted you to get weird with all the tools, like change it up. That was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. You came through and showed uh, me and Melly, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, Melly was here and you showed <laughs> yeah. us some really cool stuff. Uh, and then it just made me even more hooked. And me and you became pretty close after that. And then I was really pumped when you told me you were making the move out here. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> so where did you move from? And uh, what, what was that like? Orlando, Florida. Um, about two months ago now yeah, two months and it's been nuts it was crazy like you know it took me a while i'd been seeing uh my um ex-partner here and you know i'd be coming out to visit the space and over the year like as we were deepening our relationship 
um, and we started to talk about me moving. I had just closed the gym that I had owned for about four years down, literally about a year ago. Um, and so once I had created, I had made that decision, we started to talk about, okay, like what's it going to look like me coming out to Austin? Um, is that going to be good for my career? It's going to be good for us. That's great. But you know, where's that going to grow for me? Mm. And so I took the, I would say six months to really visit, not just her, um, but the space and make sure like, this is a place that I feel I can grow. Like there's good soil here. It's not just, you know, I'm going to take a giant leap and that's it. I'm going to take a leap. I'm going to work hard, but in the right kind of soil, I feel, I'll feel nurtured and I can nurture it back the right way. So I took the six months to, you know, connect with Justin, connect with uh, members at on it, the community over there. Um, and just meet some people in the area and make sure that I felt supported too, um, that I would have some friends and community and my social media has really helped with that too, um, making me feel support wherever I go. And that, that's been huge as well. But it was just scary, like anything else. I was like, holy shit, you know, I've, I've been living in Orlando for a decade. All of my clients are here. My in-person client is here. My money, my cash flow, everything's coming from this. Um, so to take the leap was, was just really scary. And I've been leaning into that discomfort and challenging myself to grow and being around the right support, Justin and lots of other people too, has made me more creative and willing to expand. So it sounds like you would do it again if given the opportunity to move from Florida or Orlando to Austin. Yeah, I needed to, I was too comfortable. Yeah, for sure. I was definitely getting too comfortable in a lot of ways. And although they would have built a lot more security over the next year or two, I, I doubt that would have grown me the same way mentally, emotionally, and physically the last two months. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Change is, change is powerful in a lot of ways, especially like big ones, like moves and new community and, and in many ways, new clients, you know, like doing all of that, so much uncertainty and so much unknown. It takes a lot of, uh, courage and gumption mm -hmm. to kind of lean into that and trust and allow that process. Uh, have you always been good at kind of, um, getting through these more uncomfortable spaces that a lot of people kind of shy away from? I think my training has really allowed me to be more comfortable in this discomfort, um, no matter where I go, as long as I'm comfortable in my body, not necessarily the way it looks, but the way it performs, the way it moves, the way it feels, uh, knowing where the position of my body is in space and time and knowing wherever I go, I can train my body and my mind with a kettlebell or any instrument. I'm not limited. I feel like I have a lot of movement freedom and yeah. that makes me feel free no matter where I am. And so this is kind of, it feels like a test in a lot of ways to that freedom. It's like a testimony to it of, okay, I just moved, I packed up, you know, career wise, relationship wise, everything like upside down, completely diff completely big change. But training wise, that's, that's consistent. I want to touch on the mindset piece for a sec because you have some content around visualization. And I think some people might miss, especially with, I mean, I'm going to include myself, people who look like us, it's the physical. And like you said, they may understand their body in space, being comfortable in the uncomfortable of their body, but you have some content about visualization and throwing that goal out there. What does that look like to you? What does that practice look like to you? Um, so for example, like with the kettlebell, that was a big part of a visualization process where I'll imagine something that's going to happen with the bell. You know, I haven't done it yet. I have to place it in my head and visualize where I'm going to catch it, like where I throw it, where I'll catch it. Um, and that's a visualization, visualization practice I've gotten from kettlebell juggling, flipping, specifically flowing, um, where I'm still working on applying that visualization, visualization process to my life and outcomes. I know I've applied that to my past where when I had my studio, my, my private facility, the training spot, the gym, that was something that I visualized in a day and within two, three months it appeared. And with the work ethic behind, just I knew it would happen. That's powerful. I think um, a lot of us don't utilize manifestation and visualization. I was big into it. My stepdad, um, you know, he was teaching me visualization at a very young age. Again, with like sports, like before I went up the bat or before I shot a free throw, I would do the same thing. And it worked wonderfully. And I think it really allowed me to apply that much later on in my life with my, you know, my spiritual practices and like manifesting my community and like even my, my business, so to speak. A lot of times when, uh, I'm in my meditations, like that's what I'm visualizing people coming to me for help, so to speak. And I really think that's what 
drives my business. Uh, you know, people can find me through that type of work. So I love that you're already applying it to, to this, the, like not even simple things, but things as your training, but then also like your business location. And now you're starting to seek into um, other areas of manifestations or visualizations. Have you started playing with that yet? As we're talking about it out loud right now, I'm actually already doing it hey. to be completely real with you. So yeah. you visualized this and that chair, you knew it was going to move from here to there. <laughs> 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 no, nah, but as you're speaking about, you know, having visualizing, visualizing people coming to you for help and mm. you being able to share your knowledge. That's something that I haven't been visualizing as much. I've been wanting it, but not seeing it in my head. Yeah, and now that I you, I just heard you do that, and I did that, and I, it's funny. I actually just worked with somebody brand new this morning, um, but without that process, and I know if I do the same process, it'll continue to happen if I put my focus there. So it's a really nice reminder. Yeah, that's powerful yeah. stuff. I I think um, right now it's funny. I I've I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit these last few months, and it's something that I was really good about doing um, before bed. I think doing it before bed is probably the best time to do your visualization. Your manifestation is the last thing that kind of gets sent out into the universe. Your subconscious. Um, yeah, yeah, for the next eight, eight or so hours. And, and when I do stay on top of that, when I, when I go through my uh, being grateful, when I go through uh, what I, I see in my life and what I want to attract in my life before bed, uh, the magic really does uh, happen in such a profound way, whether it's abundance in finance, um, people coming into your life, people that you're working with, uh, moments like this, uh, before bed has been a powerful uh, space for me to do that type of work. Yeah. I just want to tease that out for our listeners. It can be helpful when we're lying in bed because our minds can just wander. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll try to pull it back to, okay, what, what was I grateful for today? And it can be the simple things like my wife, my dog, our family. And then it can be the day-to-day -day interactions, or I had to call this service worker and this person helped me out on the phone being grateful for that. And then shifting into, okay, what do I want tomorrow to look like? What do I want that day to look like? And then you just end up falling asleep. But those last things kind of seep into your subconscious. And then it's, it's wild, right? I'm sure you guys have done it too. You write down, this is how I want my day to go tomorrow. This is how I think I want my day to go tomorrow. And all of a sudden it's noon, one o'clock. And you're like, oh my God, like this actually went exactly how I intended. So there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. I think also just knowing what you want. It's a piece of it too. Like as I'm re-listening and reconnecting to what you guys are saying and it's not that i haven't been there as well in the spiral of visualization and practices specific practices and listening to my own voice to know what i want and whatnot as i'm hearing you guys speak about that to me i'm like oh yeah like there are certain things that you do want like you do know the few things that make you very grateful and happy to be here so why not call more for that and visualize more of that and that's something I do want already yeah. so as I'm hearing you speak about it I'm like oh yeah like I know what I want dude <laughs> like yeah. and I feel like sometimes we forget like as I'm going through this conversation and dialogue with you guys I'm having my own in my head I'm like damn I've totally forgotten to take time to practice remembering um what do I want and not only like I have it okay cool do I want more of it yeah because truthfully I don't need too much to feel extremely grateful and happy, but why not have more of those not tangible experiences and energies to really get more juiced up to provide more? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really nice as I'm just like going through this dialogue with you guys, with you guys. I'm literally <laughs> receiving good, like yeah, great good downloads stuff. and nice. reminders of mirrors from me. So. What a, what it gets in like what stops you from possibly doing that work for me? It's distractions mm -hmm. for sure. Like right now it's, it's something that I'm really becoming aware of. Like, like I said, these last three months have been a lot of change for me too. So, um, I've been, I've been easily caught into the mental behavior of worry while these changes have come. And due to that mental behavior that I'm, that I was unconsciously getting pulled into for a little bit, I found myself trying to, um, do more and almost control the situation in a lot of ways. And I was like trying to do more than I normally would do as opposed to like trusting and allowing the process to happen. And in that process of, in that behavior of worry and trying to control reality, 
I found myself um, more dist- getting more distracted by more so my device because I was, you know, we work from our phones. And so I'm trying to do more work on my phone. I'm trying to make things happen or force things to happen, to be honest. And while being on there, because I really can only do so much on that device and, and I found myself getting more distracted on it. And man, I was doing that into the later hours of the evening where normally I would cut my phone off at seven, like no more social media at seven and then no more phone at all from eight to nine. And then that goes into the wall and I don't touch it. And then that's a beautiful two hours for me to do some of my practices like the yoga, really connect, raise my vibration in that way. But then also remember to manifest and visualize the things that I desire in my life. And due to the behavior of worry that I fell in and trying to do more than I really can and then becoming distracted by that device that I'm trying to use, I, uh, man, I, I missed so many nights now of this practice and this work that really um, brings such an abundance into my life. And I just caught this the other day. And I'm like, oh, I can't fucking wait for tonight. I can't wait for tonight to do my yoga and do my manifestations. So I'm going to shout you out, though, because I think our listeners might know we've known each other for about 15 years now, which is which is just crazy. <laughs> and you wouldn't have done any of this no. back in the day. Like Justin would on like a Sunday, you would just completely check out. And you would even message me and be like, I love you, bro. I'm not hitting you back on Sunday. Like if you message me, I'll, I'll get back to you on Monday because I'm giving so much of myself. Talk about the service to my clients and to what I'm doing Monday through Saturday, I need that Sunday to refill my cup. And then anything tech, you were like, I don't, I don't want to be near it. Mm -hmm. None none of that. And so I think, and this is something that I try to remind myself of the progress, not perfection and the progress that you've made. I think that a lot of us have made when we're being conscious of using these devices because they can be an amazing tool, but like a hammer, you can build a house or mess your thumb up. Right. Yeah. And so I just want to shout you out for that progress that you've made and now getting to the point where you're like, Oh, I know how to use it. I'm very active on it, but I still need to be conscious of putting it down. Like with threads, the Instagram, have you guys yeah, gone on yeah. that yet? Just hopped on. I think it's amazing. Like I've enjoyed it as a stream of consciousness and to show a different side of myself. But I caught myself yesterday being like, Oh, now I'm going to have to be really intentional about putting this down because all of us were so active on social media. It is our business. It's also our network. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah. how we all stay in touch yeah. and connect. So right. My best friends are, are through social media. Yeah. Agreed. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's being conscious of having that time, which is, I think just like training, it's like I'm dedicating this many minutes or hours to training and I'm going to block everything else out for this section of the day. I've started to intellectualize it as I'm going to have to do that with my quiet time with my work time and then be very committed to the schedule that I lay out for myself. So if it's like, I'm just going to be on this social media app for an hour. And then when that hour hits, I'm done. I have to move on. It's constant behavior checks and just constant awareness, right? It's constant performance. (laughs) Like all times being on, and something I want to add to that also about progress and not perfection is just catching a behavior um, through an emotion, such as uncertainty. We were talking lightly about it yesterday where when people get uncertain, whether it's you know home gets threatened, finances get threatened, um, whatever brings that person security. If all of a sudden your, your security is shaken up and we're feeling emotions of uncertainty, we go into these emotional loops where we start looking for security in places that don't actually provide us longevity of security, that actual emotion to sustain long-term. And if we talk about the dopamine of the phone, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting connections. I'm getting, I'm building network. I'm building, you know, business relationships. I'm built whatever we're building right there where we know that's some of it. Yes, is true. Some of it, we're going to build some real relationships, but we know that taking more time for ourselves and juicing ourselves up more so we can provide more presence yeah. for ourselves and the people around us really is what supplies value yeah. and values long-term. Um, so being able to catch that emotion, you know, mm. at this point, three months in, right. Versus it could have been a year of you operating from more uncertainty and not realizing like, damn, I'm uncertain. And so right. I'm, I'm leaking into these behavior patterns and I'm not registering yet. So kudos to you because a couple months in, you're able to catch that. Yeah. Now you're going to catch it faster next time. You're going to catch it faster next time. And, you know, just by feeling it. And again, going back to awareness and feelings and training to me, it's like it's it's all plugged in the same category. Like I train through feeling and so I feel and I become aware through feeling and et cetera. That's dope, man. How did you get into kettlebell stuff because you mentioned that you were kind of following my bodybuilding style Mm -hmm. for quite some time 
And uh, I imagine you were more training in that type of style for in your beginning days. Like what got you into kettlebell work and also like the funkadelic of it all? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what kind of uh, was your gateway into that? Um, well, starting off with, I'd say a lot of the yeah, I built product technically through you, <laughs> you know, it was like drop sets, upsets. Like, it got me really excited to just build muscle. And over time it was, okay, well now what is it more weight? Okay. The form is great, but. It's only going to get so much tighter, so much tighter. And it started to feel like I was walking through the motions in my training. And I remember I was working at LA Fitness for probably about a year and some change. And eventually I moved to a private studio. And that's the first time I'd noticed kettlebells. I don't think I'd seen a kettlebell at LA Fitness at the time. And so I saw kettlebells in the corner of this boutique studio. And I believe I had just seen a clip on Instagram in the Explore page about like a Turkish getup. And I really was trying to memorize the dance, right? It was a, com a combination of, I don't know, six to eight movements all yeah. thrown together. And I'm over here visualizing in my head, like, man, what happened? He sat up, then he went to the <laughs> elbow, then the shoulder. Oh, shit, the kettlebell's falling down. It's falling down. I'm in the middle of trying to hold a position. And I remember going through that process. I was like, oh, my God, I suck. This is amazing. Like, I suck again. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like the first time I tried to squat, I fell. Like holding yeah. a back squat and I fell on my ass cause I couldn't hold my balance in my posterior chain and that feeling of I suck again and I'm a white belt again, I'm newbie, um, was really refreshing. That's one. And two, I remember I was holding the kettlebell in a specific position in the kneeling windmill position where your hand is down, one hip is open in one direction, the other hip is stabilizing the other way and one arm is holding the kettlebell up in the air and you're about to fall over and I was like, oh my God, like my butt cheek is on, my groin is on, my lat is on, the back of my shoulders on, my triceps on, like I'm hitting 10 different muscles at the same time. My G spot is like, woo. -hoo. Damn. <laughs> like I'm hitting 10 different G spots, not just like just my bicep squeeze right now. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I never hit this many positions before, this many planes of motion at the same time. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. And so that, I remember that feeling right then and there. I was like, oh man, I got to do more of this. Like I got to do problem solving with my brain while my body does it. How long ago was that? Oof, that would have been, hmm, what would it be, 23? It's probably like, 2018 okay so 2019 12, 12 years ago 11 12 years ago no no no. five years ago four um, or five years ago justin's already living in the future i love it he came back <laughs> in time for this i thought you meant it like down. 18 19 years old down here, bro. <laughs> i thought 18 19 years old uh, no 2018 2019 so Got i'd say you. yeah um because i started training hard i'd say like a 20 <laughs> so i'm 30 now um so yeah, 2018, 2019, so about yeah, four or five years ago was when the first time I picked up the kettlebell. Turkish getup was holy moly. And then from there, I had um, had a little bit of functional training experience with like gait patterns and started to throw the kettlebell, not throw it actually yet, but just put it in a direction and kind of follow the momentum, learn how to position my body with it. And then I had seen kettlebell flipping on the Instagram and I was like, whoa, that's basketball. That's sick figure eights and tossing under the legs of the kettlebell flipping and immediately i was like i have to try that like not only is that badass it's gonna make me stand out you would that's like cool it. so what's funny is following you guys i've actually incorporated more kettlebell into just simply my warm-ups hey. i don't know anywhere near any of these movements but just some kettlebell swings just to get the blood moving get warm as i've gotten older i notice i need way more of a warm-up to really get mm -hmm. after it if i can avoid any sort of joint pain there was something you said earlier, Jared, that I really want to hit on that I think would be important for our listeners. You did something that you sucked at and then you were like, wow, this is so cool. I'm a newbie. I'm a white belt. I suck. And I would be willing to bet most of our listeners, I think me too, when you're not as aware, you're like, oh, I suck. I'm never doing that again. Mm. And so how did you do, you, do you just have that naturally or was that something that you developed over time? I just hate feeling like a pussy. Like I hate feeling like a little bitch. I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't want to feel owned by something yeah. that's in my control. And if my body can get better and I can improve in a movement and a discipline, then it's my goddamn right. <laughs> that's my I, freedom. I align with that. That's how I operate too. I really dig that. And like just the other day we did tug of war and 
my team won. Consistent. I was just like everybody now. Now we destroyed everybody. And so I'm packing up the truck. I'm packing up the truck. You know, there's like quite a bit of stuff to pack up the truck, and there's this. You know, at the end of the day, just picking up a 200-pound sandbag again um, <laughs> and carrying it about 50 yards to the truck is like probably like, oh, okay, let's do this. And he goes, I got the sandbag. And I go, why? <laughs> he goes, because I fucking lost. <laughs> He's like, I, I, I got to get, get better. Yeah, I got to get, get bigger. bigger. I got to get stronger. Like, you're, you're bigger. <clears throat> you're that bigger fish. That was funny. So <laughs> I, I love that. I respect that so well. And you've actually really uh, had me step up my game since you've come into town, man, because I was getting comfortable for a minute. And, you know, I was definitely going into different realms with my training, as you saw. Um, but it's been really great having the young blood here and, and motivating me to like, let's do this. Let's get this. So it's been a lot of fun having you here. I appreciate you. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. We'll be right back to the show. But first I wanted to ask you a question. What does community mean to you? As you probably know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And this can either elevate your life to unmeasurable levels or depending on your core five, perhaps even drag you down. At Nirvana Mind and Body, we know that the people who listen to this podcast and engage with our content are the ones that aren't trying to live a low level existence. You're somebody who's looking to get the most out of life, achieve your highest potential, forge a deeper connection and relationship with yourself and the loved ones around you, release the mental anchors that are holding you back from thriving, and continue to grow as a person within a community of like-minded individuals. Knowing this, we've taken the time to curate a community exactly of the people that you're looking to surround yourself with in Nirvana Nation. Nirvana Nation is an exclusive community membership that gives you access to live Q&As each month from our mentors, two live virtual breathwork sessions, discounts on our digital products, and access to our private community of individuals that are communicating every day on how to make each day their best day. How often are your friends asking questions like the one that was just asked in the group this morning where somebody asked, what are some of the things that you guys do to replace old habits and create new neural pathways? Or for example, another one from a girl yesterday who posted a coffee product that came from a regenerative farm. So from posts like this to even the book club, these are just some of the things that are waiting for you in our health-focused community. So come join Nirvana Nation today for only $18 a month and begin taking the first steps to see what it's like to truly live a limitless life. So check out the link in the podcast notes. And now let's get back to the show. Uh, I have another question Yeah. based on your content. You said that your clients, you consider them mentors as well. Mm. And I think that's a really unique perspective that we wouldn't necessarily automatically think about. So how did that come about? What have you learned from some of your clients? Because the reason why I asked this and like, yes, hosting a podcast, it's trying to make the impact for our listeners. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really cool perspective to go about life and be like, life is my teacher. Everybody I, I impact or everybody I interact with rather can be a mentor to me. They can teach me something. And so how did you develop that? And then I'd love to know like just a couple things you've learned from clients. Mm, man, spirals for sure. I remember when I first started training, it's all about me. Like your success is my success. That your win is my win. Not just your win is your win. And like, I'm proud of you. It was about me too. And I think for the first few months I got great results and a lot of the clients, but my MVPs, right? My, my, my best players. And then I realized I didn't actually know them. Mm. Um, and so how are we going to sustain results with the why? What's our why? If I don't even know you and I haven't asked you and you don't know you and you're not asking you and I'm your coach yeah. and I'm over here, you know, telling you what to do and barking at you and saying, Oh, you're late. You don't care. Taking all these things personal instead of realizing like, Oh man, you have a kid that was sick. That's dope. You're 15 minutes late because you're a parent. Holy right. shit. This isn't your life. This is my fucking life. Maybe I should ask myself about, is this all I want to be doing all the time? I think my first year of training, I was really living in ego, uh, maybe six months to a year, like, wow, this is about me. And then I went to that boutique gym and with a lot smaller of an environment and a lot less of a crowd, like LA Fitness was everyone's flexing and rawr. And then I'm in the boutique studio. There's two people, hmm. two trainers maybe and two, two clients. And then all of a sudden it's, how's your day? <laughs> Good morning. That's nice cool. to see you. Like, 
who the fuck are you? I've been training for a year and I don't know shit about you. What's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> so I think being in the boutique facility really showed me that I had not actually taken time to connect with my clients. Even though they, they knew I was heart-centered and I cared a lot and I was very passionate, it wasn't real connection and real intimacy. So being a trainer and being a coach, I feel like started to evolve in that year. Like, okay, I'm a trainer, and okay, no, I'm a coach. I'm going to lead, I'm going to connect, I'm going to get to know the person. Um, and so that was a, like a big shift for me as a trainer to realize like this is a person and I can learn from them just as much as I can give them all this information and share how to do a bicep curl and how to squeeze your pack. Like, oh, you know about business and I don't know shit. Mm. Oh, you've been in relationships. You're, you know whatever it is, 40-something years old, 50 years old, 80 years old. What's love? <laughs> and I remember I started to ask clients in that environment all of a sudden, like, what is love? Like, I what could is see somebody repping it out and you're just like, so what's the meaning of literally, life? <laughs> literally, literally. I started to ask clients all these questions like, you know, like, are you happy? Like, what is happiness to you? What is love to you? What does it mean to be in love versus I love? Are those different for you? Marriage, Why? Like I just started to ask my clients yeah. all these questions to gather, I don't know, data, but naturally I just want to connect. I want to know why you operate the way you do. And what was the, um, that, that, you know, that awareness shift for you? Was it actual something that you went through to like want to become more aware of your clients and how they operate and what you could learn? Was there actually like a moment where you're like, damn, like I need to do this instead of to go about this in a different way? Yeah. I went to a Tony Robbins conference um, that same year, one of my clients, um, who I almost married at the time, so <laughs> he was uh, looking for a visa. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I only had two clients and I was a brand new trainer to this boutique gym. So I was like, all right, I trust you. Um, and you trust me. <laughs> so let's do this thing. Um, and so we didn't end up getting actually married, but the six months I learned a lot. Um, he, he took me to Miami to meet with his friends to get pictures, of course, you know, for the marriage license and whatnot. Got to prove some things. Right. But, you know, I met a lot of incredible businessmen and, and really just smart people. And then the second thing he took me to was Chicago to this Tony Robbins conference um, where I went in as a skeptic. Like I knew Tony Robbins is a very motivational speaker and he's very rah, rah, rah. And everyone's having these transformative weekends. But as a practitioner of training and transformation in that sense, to me, it's not an over a weekend event. You got to integrate. Just like I applied the reps. It took me, I remember, a year of training consistently for me to realize me showing up for myself daily is love. I do love myself. Why the fuck would I go train Mm. if I didn't care about myself? That is self-love. It took me a year to realize that. So over a weekend, people are just... A completely different person? I don't think so. There's got to be a shift. That's fine. So I was open to the idea of a shift. And I remember at the Tony Robbins conference, he's really talking about all these systems of business, um, systems of you know how to make money, how to create a team, hold a team down. And day two, he starts talking about emotions. And he goes, hey, you know, like a millionaire, multimillionaire can become homeless overnight because they make emotional decisions. Think about these kind of emotional decisions. Think about people who are all of a sudden violent out of nowhere. They put a gun to the person's face and why? They were never like that and all of a sudden it just flipped. Why are they so irrational? It's because they're so emotional. If you're very emotional, then you're not going to be logical. And that's when my ears went, like, opened up. I was like, oh my God, psychology. Psychology, behavior, this is something for me to listen to. And then he starts talking about being in a peak state, a peak performance state, in a beautiful state of mind. Talks about both of them. And he talks about these six emotional needs and how if you're very aware of your six human emotional needs and what fills up each emotional need as if it's a bank account, then you'll be able to operate from your higher self if you're aware of what's bringing the fulfillness, the real fulfillment of these emotions, not the distractions of these emotions. And so I start to go through these drills that he starts to go. And I'm like a madman. All of a sudden, I'm a scientist. I went from like super, super high, not giving a shit to like, I'm in it, professor. What do I got to do? Because <laughs> to me, I was like, man, you know, I have a six pack at the time. I have abs. I want to keep my abs for life like a millionaire. 
I want to know how to sustain. Hmm. It's because a woman breaks up with me or if I have something go on in life, I, I don't want to just lose my success because I'm emotional. I want to sustain my discipline, my practice. So my ears were really aware for what was going on. And as a coach and started someone who's becoming a coach, I was like, man, this could be really benefit me for me to stay balanced, for me to stay stable um, and aware. And so that conference really allowed me to go in and address my six emotional needs and where am I operating from? Why am I operating from there? Do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to operate from variety, significance, and connection, or do I want to operate from growth and contribution and love? You know, just starting to think about where, where do I want to be in the higher version of myself in the next few years. And so that conference, um, I left really being like, man, I don't want to project my insecurity on people. Like, I don't need to yell. Why am I yelling? I love people. If I love you, why am I yelling at you? Yeah. Mm, I don't feel heard. Oh, okay. How am I not connecting? Dude. And I started to really take the emotions and so good. good stuff. Start really just playing with when I'm not do when one thing isn't happening, something else is. And when we went to the uncertainty, for example, you know, for me, not having a home has been times of uncertainty. Not having money has been times of uncertainty. And so if your security is threatened, you might project and look for security, like we were talking about earlier, in places that aren't there, actually, if you're not addressing the issue. And so I started to really take a lot of my behaviors that I didn't feel were serving me um, because they were emotional and start to really get logical about my emotions. Yeah. Dude, I so appreciate you sharing that story. That was mind-blowing. Almost marrying a man? <laughs> I hope all of our listeners talks about where scarcity out. goes, bro. Scarcity. I was dependent on another man for for safety, for security. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole other person. We we talked about that a little bit. You've definitely been through some, like I guess, quote unquote, lower moments or scarcity moments that really, you know, there's there's a lot of times two ways we can go about that. We can completely close down, or we can and rise up and. I know that you've mentioned to me that like, you know, you've been almost in this homeless or homeless situation, not once, but even twice. And, and I'm just so amazed of like how you've risen from that and how you've grown from that. Uh, I would love to get into a little bit what that was like, um, where you found the courage and the strength, um, you know, during this process. Um, yeah. Can you kind of touch on like what that was about? Yeah. I think a big piece of it was the awareness of the six emotional needs. Yeah. That was huge for me. Um, and just to give you like a, I guess a light draft of this, there's a emotional bank account that's security. And at the time I didn't realize all the things that brought me security, but I knew training did. I knew training somebody and training myself and my dog at the time, me and Batman and having my family healthy. Like, that brought me security. So as long as I have those three things, even if I don't have the money, the home, like I know, okay, I'm okay there, security-wise. Like I don't have to freak out technically. I'm good there. Okay, uncertainty or variety. I need some of that in my life. Oh, cool, training. <laughs> like <laughs> I can do any kind of training I want today. Um, the person I'm going to see today might be feeling low instead of high, and I have to flip the script a little bit, or they might have an ache, and now I have to change the programming. So I'm getting plenty of variety in my life. Um, same thing, I would go to significance. How am I feeling? Oh, training. <laughs> training, I feel really good. I feel great. I feel pumped. As a trainer, I'm the trainer. Um, I'm the crazy trainer. I'm Batman, my dog's dad. Like, I have lots of feelings of significance. Okay, cool. Check mark there. So, again, like, even homelessness, like, I'm, I'm okay. There's a lot of areas in my emotional bank accounts that I'm. I'm chilling. I'll get to where I need to get to later. And this is the, 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 the what you would go through in these lower moments, like, you know, yeah, you chilling in your car being account. like, okay, let me go through this list and be like, boom. boom I wouldn't do it boom. every single day, but it started to become a, a subconscious practice and awareness Fuck of yeah, like, okay, the, I have these things, I'm good. Technically, training was the big piece. Right. Because training as a career supplies safety, it supplies uncertainty, variety, it supplies significance, it supplies connection. I'm training, like I connect to my own fibers and I'm watching you connect to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. It's supplying contribution. Mm. I'm sharing knowledge. This is 4D. This yeah. isn't even 3D. 
I'm giving the highest, in my opinion, thing I can give, knowledge. Okay, cool. There's growth there for you. There's growth here for me. The collective's growing. So that's huge on the emotional like bank account already, just training. And then, that's a big one, training, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, uh, growth. So both, excuse me, growth and contribution are two separate needs. And those are two spiritual ones that were talked about. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm high as fuck off those two and connection. And if I'm living in those three emotions the most, I'm good. I don't technically need the security, the variety, and the significance. The other three needs are like really high for me. So as long as I was training, I knew that I'll be okay. I knew that like money, money will come later, home will come later, and the things that are in my control are again connection, growth, contribution. So even at Publix, a grocery store like an HEB, and I see the cashier, I can smile and say hello and good morning. How are you doing? Good. And I can say when they're asking like, how about you? Amazing, incredible. Right. And smile really, really obnoxiously for them to receive that energy. And I learned that all of that is in my control. And so whatever is in my control, I can, I can always control so much of, and eventually the, the other things will come. I think that's something that is useful for people who get impatient or they're like, why I've been doing X, Y, Z. Why isn't this happening to me right now? With friends, with clients, I'll sometimes ask, well, what if it happens five years from now, 10 years from now? What if it happens when you're 40, when you're 50? How would you feel? Mm. And they're always like, oh, I feel great. Like that, I've reached my goal. Like, oh my God, I did it, right? Yep. And so I think we all get stuck sometimes into like, it needs to happen right now versus what if it happens in 10 years? You'll still be happy yeah. when you get there. Can and you so, sustain that happiness when you have nothing? You right. Know, and then now you have stuff. Can you still sustain that level of gratitude? Yeah. And not forget about like where you've been. I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan growing up in LA, right? And he calls it extending the time horizon because he was like 13 or 14. He played in some tournament and didn't score a point. And he said, you know, I'm not going to beat these kids now, but maybe when I'm 18, if I work every day, we'll see. Like I'm willing to bet I'm going to score some points. I'm going to beat some people. And so even with a fitness journey, right? Or that first day when you showed up with a kettlebell and you're like, wow, I suck. It's like, okay, I bet in a month I'm going to suck less. In six months, I'm going to suck even less. A year, suck even less. And when we extend that time horizon, give ourselves that time, sometimes it can calm ourselves down in the moment. Oh, that visualization. And it goes back to not judging it either, right? Not judging the process. Because as you're talking about that, I'm reminded about, again, I knew it's okay that I don't have a home and I'm a gym owner at the time. And like, you can judge me. In three to six months, a year, five years time, I know where I'm going to be. I know where I'm going to be. And that was a big part of my kettlebell juggling journey too. I remember the first three or four months I was at a 24 hour fitness, just throwing the bell up and I sucked <laughs> clank, clank, clank over and over again. You can imagine your general population person <laughs> at the gym, like shut the fuck up, right? But stop, stop, <laughs> give up. You're annoying. You're annoying. It's frustrating. I'm on the Stairmaster and I keep hearing clank or watching you and like, I'm a mirror, right? I'm a mirror for people at the time in a place that nobody really wants to see a mirror like that. And I remember I had a couple people come up to me and were like, can you stop? And I smiled because I remember it. I was like, I know how cool this is going to look. Because I've seen it before. I saw somebody else do it on Instagram. Mm. And I saw, I thought they looked amazing. So I know that I'm going to look, even though it sucks right now, in months from now, it's going to look so sick. And I'm attached to that emotionally. I'm attached to that. That's wild people came up to you. Because they've done studies, and I share this with a lot of clients with gym anxiety. Mm -hmm. They did a study where they put, and it wasn't about the gym. It was about how we're all just in our heads and thinking about ourselves. And they put people in these really loud shirts, like pink Care Bears, the whole thing, like oversized. And then they were like, go work out for an hour. And then they work out, come back and be like, how many people do you think noticed you in the gym? And they're like, oh, at least 90%. Everybody saw me. And then they pull the people in the gym at that same time, 10%. So 90% mm. were like. I think like, most people see. I, just, I think most people don't want to say anything. Right. That's why I'm surprised yeah. people are coming up. Because also... Well, it, was, mean, it was gym staff mainly. But I would still get <laughs> looks. You know, you can look and you can see and you can be in your own head, of course. But I remember you just get eye rolls and you get like, like, and little, just little passive right. ways of connecting. And that was a good lesson for me, like to not judge, like to not judge myself, let alone to receive the judgment of others because of the process I was going through. Like they don't know. I know. And only I know my intention. You got some good, um, I would say, inner strength, my friend. Um, you know who you are. And um, yeah, I love that. Rooted, as you would say. Mm. Rooted in knowing who you are. 
and um it's like like you don't give a fuck about what other people think necessarily but you just know yourself on a powerful level and it allows you to do really great things that's really cool i think doing the work is just like sucking at stuff over and over again yeah <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> internally and externally both <laughs> <laughs> so um you know you just moved to austin what like is it even two months ago? Literally two months ago, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I know that you were, at that time when you were moving out here, you were previously in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's been also a huge transition because you were supposed to be moving in together. Yeah. Stuff like that. So coming out here, that changed pretty radically, pretty quickly. And again, you were kind of in a place where like, oh, damn, I have to really, you know, respond and in a really profound way, you know, getting your own place, new community, and the person that you probably did know that you were going to maybe, you know, find your space with, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, now you're kind of almost solo again. Um, is it kind of the same format um, coming out here and all this change, all this newness, all this unknown? Did you use the same tools or um, was it something else that you used uh, coming out here? I would say the same system helped, um, but sped up behavior and sped up process. And I think that was through the right support. Mm. So, for example, I. Justin in my corner, you know, talks a lot about um, love and we are love and the world of 4D, right? And the world of 4D is, is love, time, is things that are not tangible. Okay, cool. So if I am love, I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm not jealousy. I'm not annoyed. I'm not frustrated. Like my human is, we talked about like the human is 3D. Yeah, yeah. That's totally cool. Like, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. But like, technically, I'm just a soul and consciousness and love. So, like, why don't, <laughs> I, I can't really be like, angry. Like, I'm just love. So, having that kind of conversation with you um, and just opening up about my situation and being reminded that that is always where I have ownership. <laughs> that is always in my control. Talk about, really, again, behavior and emotional you know, bank accounts and what's in the control there. But choosing love is always ownership. <laughs> That's the most powerful one you can pretty much do. So that was the one that I held on to the most instead of kind of closing my heart and going into just mental strength. Usually I would go into straight mental strength and physical strength. And emotionally I would cut off. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Um, I, w- I would close heart. Even, even, you know, even if I would judge the relationship, I would judge myself, I would judge everything. I would get into this like, logical breakdown of why everything happened the way it happened and versus just acceptance and, and realizing like, Oh, just learning. And this person is this way and I'm this way. And that's totally beautiful. And, um, doesn't mean right now is the moment for that. And that's okay too. And just going through radical acceptance a lot faster versus taking months of not addressing the emotion. We come back to again, like that awareness, I was aware because of the people around me are aware of their own, um, ability to open and close their heart, I was reminded to keep mine open. So instead of months going by, it was a few days of me being like, oh yeah, like I'm not mad at this person, I love this person. And my human was frustrated and rightfully so, like for their emotions, like that valid, cool, go ahead. But no, nah, it's all love. And it really, really is. That's fire. I think there's something special about Austin too. I mean, everybody who seems to move here seems to tap in, especially when they have awareness about the process and about the community and how to build that. Um, I know in my own life, I've seen Justin do it. Like it's been fun to watch you magnetize this community in Venice, California, and then move here and magnetize it again. And then in two months, like it's, that's blowing my mind, Jared, because I thought you'd been here for much longer with the content I've seen you guys produce, like just the community and stuff. And so like you said, recognizing the soil, I thought that was an amazing analogy for what's here in Austin. I think if we wanted to go like super woo woo, the ley lines, like the ones (laughs) that go through Sedona, kind of like cross through Austin, just being on top of limestone, there's something solid about that foundation. Uh, Not that everybody listening should come to Austin. There are other (laughs) cool places out there as well. But I think there is something special about, about being here on top of the community and whatnot. You'd mentioned the judgment that you used to have previously. Have you been able to signify, has that come from maybe parents or family? Has that come from your environment growing up? And this is a kick that I've been on recently, which is we're all programmed and conditioned by where we grew up, the people we grew up around, what we've been seeing, right? And so I'm curious if you were able to identify that as you've been able to become more about who you want to be. I think it's a, I don't like overthink that one or overanalyze it a lot. Um, 
I don't believe I work through a lot of this unworthiness or, or judgment of myself. I think a big part of that comes back to the training practices. Um, but it doesn't mean I don't go through waves of it. And so I think a piece of it is my environment of who I'm around. Like if I'm around people who are constantly criticizing themselves and I hear it all the time and, you know, I feed them some positivity, but it's not necessarily being integrated or received. Well, I might start receiving their, um, their feedback of themselves and subconsciously I might start critiquing myself. So sometimes it's friend circles. I agree uh, it doesn't with mean that. that it's it's yeah. all, it's all love. It doesn't mean it's intentional. Man, it just comes down to like, damn, like they don't, they're not catching it. And I'm not at a position to catch it either potentially. So sometimes it's friend circles, partners, yes, I think partners sure. can impact that. Social contagion is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a powerful Even thing. Even on social media, yeah. like who are you, who are you, stud- who are you studying? Who are you watching? Right. You know, is it, even I remember when I used to watch a lot more um, like models, like fitness models, men and women, like competitors, like they're, well, why am I, <laughs> why don't yeah. like if they're living in a state of judgment, why do I want to watch that? I'm receiving that shit subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my unfollows from the fitness industry, you know, is partially because of that. I realized like, man, they're judging themselves and I'm consuming it. And so not healthy there. I do think family's a part of it growing up. You know, if I look into my history, like I'm, I'm Jewish and I am that <laughs> Shalom. Yeah. Um, but you know, I look back at it and I remember when I was younger, I was in a elementary school and middle school, mainly of white Jewish people. And I remember I was Latin, I'm Latino, I'm, you know, I'm a little more pigment. And I used to judge myself for that and feel like people were judging me for that. And you got scholarship money for being Latino. And so there was all these little, reasons to I guess go into judgment and and that that kind of mindset but I think a lot of the unraveling has been through the practice of training and and realizing like it's just a process right and like it's totally cool to suck at the process and (laughs) it's at least you can still be heart-centered and realizing like everybody else is also heart-centered just because they're being dicks Mm. it's not a purpose that's the that's the biggest thing it's like nothing's personal even even yeah exactly nothing's personal you know and i went i went through something pretty radical three months ago and i remember that's what came up the next morning was first was like you know i felt the emotions of frustration and anger and i went through the why like why 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 and then at the very end of it a voice came through and is like does it fucking change who you are does it change anything justin does your heart close and it's like no, obviously, fucking not. <laughs> it's gonna stay open. Well, I'm opening it makes low. it sh- makes you stronger. Yeah, faster it does. expands yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I actually really love the moments, um, even though sometimes they are incredibly painful and um, fuck. Sometimes some of the most overwhelming sensations that I've ever experienced. But those are those moments where where I feel that deep, deep contraction to close, to to get small, right, to retract. And I can just choose to stay open. And, and even that process of choosing to stay open is such a unique sensation. It's an actual, for me at least, it's a physical burning sensation that mm. goes through my heart. And it burns. And I've had a few times where I literally grab a knee and I'm like on one knee and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm choosing love during this motion, this, this space. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then you come on the other side and you're different you're a different person like lighter. You, you're lighter your your heart is bigger um you feel things you're more connected to everything everything in every way and uh man staying open's the only way it really is it's it's fucking it's amazing i was gonna make a joke about your heart and getting down to one knee i'd be like bro do you need some tums grab an antacid <laughs> is it a spiritual awakening or is it just, an, just, <laughs> just, just uh, it's a spicy pizza really yeah you but just I, have to good fart and let yeah. that thing out yeah but i think that's the jedi level of gratitude of being grateful for the challenges yeah. because they make us stronger and we understand that intellectually but it's hard in the moment or afterwards at when we're doing the lay down before we go to sleep be like i'm so grateful for that bullshit i went through earlier oh, yeah. because it helped me be better well it's not personal mm-hmm. it's never fucking personal and and that's the biggest thing is like when we can learn that none of it's personal it's so much easier to not take it with us you know and not make it um trauma even a lot of times even with like powerful powerful moments that are you know, physically and mentally profound and, and, and some of the hardest experiences if we can really take a step back and realize like, oh, this was an unconscious behavior. It's not personal and we can learn from it. We can open our hearts to it. 
but we don't take it with us in that way. And I've been always kind of been able to do that as a kid, um, naturally. And then I discovered that I was, you know, doing this really was helpful. So I started applying it consciously, but it's, it's actually what helped me tremendously through my childhood because my, my stepdad was really abusive. And one of the things that allowed me not to take on his energy, um, was seeing, um, the love in him was like literally in real time, having the empathy and forgiveness and, and that, that allowed me to not take on any of those things and not close. And still to this day, I got nothing but love for that, that human being and realizing that, you know, he just, he didn't have the tools. He didn't have the guidance. Right. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't personal. It's funny. I think there's two, two things that come to mind when you mention your story there about heart strength and mental strength. Cause there's, having that perspective of, okay, my heart's getting bigger and I'm having more empathy. And so I can hold more space and love at a bigger capacity. And so this isn't personal. Um, and I'm just going to go through the heart. And there's also, I look back at it into my perspectives of the hero's journey, which has been my perspective the whole time, usually of when something dark happens. So the first time I remember I was, uh, homeless was an overnight experience where, um, you know, I lost or the cash flow was out of the bank account overnight and I lived with my ex-business partner and overnight there, I was just, there was nothing, no home and and, in a car all of a sudden. And what the hell do I do next? And how am I going to hold on to this lease for the next three years for the gym? What's our plan? What's my plan? I'm screwed. And I remember the next day I was like, I'm going to be so strong. I'm going to be so strong. Like a hero. The heroes always get stronger from this shit. Right. Like I'm going to evolve. I have to. So that was the main focus first was like, let me fucking evolve. And so, you know, you have that perspective too, where it's more of like a mental and physical endurance of like the hero needs this shit to armor up versus the heart needing this shit to open up bigger. Mm. So to have both a protective layer mentally and physically, but then having this endurance of heart, not just, and I guess mental it's a different perspective that I haven't really thought about enough as I'm hearing you describe yours. It's yeah. like a, it's, I guess a heart endurance where everything else has been like a mental for me and physical endurance right? with heart centered energy, but not intentionally yeah. having yeah, that, cool. that heart endurance. I, I don't think I thought of it in that way either. So that's kind of like my heart can endure all this because the capacity is stronger. Yeah. Bigger, yeah. 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 Versus me being like, you know, it's tougher armor. Right. There are a couple a, of things I wanted to yeah. tease out. One, Hero's Journey for our listeners. If you first heard about this with, when Jared talked about it, check out Joseph Campbell. Amazing. And then the second thing is that perspective shift. Like I talk with my clients a lot about bullshitting yourself, which is basically placeboing yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you had, let's just call it two perspectives to go down when you're in your car and you could be like, wow, this is the end. This is my life. Like this fucking sucks. Or like, this is my origin story. Talk about yeah. heroes, right? <laughs> and then just simply by believing that and stepping into that, somebody could argue like, bro, you're bullshitting yourself. You're living in a car. Yep. But for you, that's that, that's that story. <laughs> Cause I think, you know, I knew one day I would talk about it on podcast. Right. So. Like it's going to be good later on. I mean, wouldn't have been a man. Someone's going to want to hear that. Uh, that would have been great. If you had messaged, if you'd like DM Justin be like, I'm going to meet you someday. We're going to be on a podcast. And then like years later, Dude, you're like, yeah, check this out. Kind Visualize of, like, it was kind of like that in a way, right? We were, I, we were always kind of in the same circle in some, some cool way. It yeah. is funny that I, I visualized it when I was younger. I was like, that'd be sick one day to like just train with Justin and get a pump, a sick <laughs> leg pump or something. That's so cool. I was in there when I was 20. Nice. <laughs> For Aww. sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was like 10 years ago. Literally, yeah. yeah. That's, that's dope. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, Fucking weird. Yeah, it is a little <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. awesome. it's because we live in a simulation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real. That's so true. So what do you got? What do you got on the horizon right now? What do you got big coming up? What do you want to... What do you want to share with the, the people listening? What do you got going on right now that you're excited to, uh, you know, put out there? You know, I know, but I don't fully know. I'm kind of in this process of a lot of uncertainty, but finding a lot of certainty in my uncertainty. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I'm going back to my training roots. I feel like I'm just training a lot harder. Um, just like I was 10 years ago when I first got into it. In a lot of ways, I feel like I'm, I'm entering that same stage, but even more extreme as an athlete. Um, and that's just something that feels right and aligned with myself. And I just want to remind people to push harder, um, physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. So through training, that's one outlet. Um, I've just started this, 
thing yesterday or two days ago called the unconventional pump, which is uh, after Julian Smith's The Daily Pump, but unconventional version. So kettlebells, landmines, sandbag, maces, and just daily access to workouts. Um, so that I just started, and I feel really cool about it. Like I've already really enjoyed the three days, four days of wanting to create and wanting to upload it and wanting to see people on the channel and exploring new movements and new training programs. And it just feels cool to be – it kind of feels like I'm like journaling again, but training-wise for that. That is cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. So I that I'm enjoying that. it. Why not monetize? You know, Because on Instagram, it's great. I give a lot of free value, in my opinion. I give a lot of – programs out there that plenty of people do but this is a way it's a dollar a day um you know for a workout that you can do every day hundreds of thousands will be happening in the next year or two because i know me i'm very consistent with my training and i like to create so that's been pretty motivating education's big um i do want to educate more and that's something i'm figuring out that process like i have a workshop i'm doing uh next week and i want to save about 10 attendees half of them are colleagues that i asked please be there as coaches, like I want your feedback on the system of what we go through in the six hours for kettlebells. Um, so I want to deliver a lot more education. I want people to feel empowered to do the things I do because they're doable. You just got to take the time to systemize and learn and potentially invest. Um, and then jujitsu, something that's really in my face right now. It seems to be that the universe is like, do it, do it, do it, do it. So today I'm going to fucking sign up. Fuck it. I'm going to sign up for jujitsu, so that'll be cool today. And continuing to root, like, in Austin for me is important. Knowing my brotherhood energy, like, who do I want to hang with when I come back from these trips? Who, can, who am I excited to share the information with and the experience and the energy with in Austin when I come back from these trips? Um, so that's another big thing is kind of just continuing to find that community, that brotherhood, that rhythm, that flow here. On it's a big part of that, too. And let's see, uh, continuing to travel. I mean, I have Maui next month, so I'll be at Maui Fit. Same thing, giving out some kettlebell flow uh, experience and instructions, education. Just going to the island of Maui is always like very healing, and I have a lot of ohana there. I'm really blessed to have family there. And continuing to, to build these hubs all over the country of functional fitness, unconventional training, and really just good people because the type of people that get into these training crafts you got to be cool. Like mm -hmm. you, you got to go into your own heart and into your body to rewire the way you're training and moving again. You have to be integrating on a different level. So I find that a lot of the people that are in these same practices are very judgment free, are very big into exploration, into experimentation, into inclusive, inclusivity. Yeah, I think you nailed it. You know, in, into just into that love. I'm finding a lot of unconditional love in this unconventional training world so i want to continue to bridge that throughout the country and make sure people feel comfortable to you know they have homes everywhere like you always have a home within yourself in my yeah. opinion especially as you learn to train it too but um to have that energy anywhere you go community anywhere you go i want to continue to highlight that and yeah, show, you show actually introduced that. me to a whole family of of these unconventional trainers and it's been amazing like everybody in that whole clique it's been so welcoming they like i was like definitely the newer guy i feel coming in you brought me in and <laughs> i mean you probably hyped me up really well so i appreciate that i know you spoke well about me and yeah a lot of these guys just like and you improve me. fast man i mean it's just like growth people so respect growth it. yeah, yeah respect people are like okay bit. one minute he's doing this weight and the next month he's doing this weight, and yeah the form looks like this and all of a sudden it looks like that like people respect performance and that's, good. that's discipline. So I think these like, guys are beasts, man. Like, these, watching, pe oh. these people care not about the way you look necessarily, which is amazing. It's phenomenal too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. how well you're moving, people notice in this community. It's not about necessarily always the weight. Yeah, that's it, true. it is about the fluidity too. It was yeah. really cool to see how excited you are about those things that you were talking about that you have coming up next. Like I could feel that, which was neat. And I it's think a lot of unknowing to be real. I don't know what's fully next, but I know it needs to happen. But you're, you were like, I'm just like so fucking stoked the last like three <laughs> or four days. You were like, I've been creating, I've been doing like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm so excited. And that's from the Bhagavad Gita, which is somewhere in here, which I love where Krishna talks about to his disciple. Basically the goal is to provide good works in the service of others without being attached to success or failure. And that's what I heard you say. You're just like, I'm so fucking stoked. I'm providing a lot for this community and like, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I trust and I allow. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's dope. And I'm down to try shit. I'm down to fuck around and find out. I do believe in that too, because there's something I I do think a lot about, like you know, hanging around Justin and the right people here. There's a lot of pull, a lot of pulling and calling in, and I, I think that's important too. And I think most of my life I haven't done a lot of that, but I do have a lot of respect for the push, and I have a lot of respect for the the exploration. Just see what fits, see what doesn't, because that also is another way of knowing oneself is. Sometimes you need to, for me at least, I need to taste something to know that it's not for me. Mm. Um, instead of having that, that doubt in there. So sometimes that helps me too. That's and I think cool. I'm in a stage of, of both allowing the alignment things to be pulled in and I'm open to all that. But I also want to just push a few different boundaries and see where can I accelerate a process for the collective, let alone myself. Nice. Nice. Sick. <laughs> when's, the, when's the next one on it, the one that you're putting on here? The workshop is yeah, July 15th okay, so um, right from 10 a.m. to 4.20 p.m. We'll have an hour lunch break. The whole thing is not a workout. It's about holding positions, feeling them. Mechanics. Yep, biomechanics, really being aware of what's going on. So that way when you have any instrument, let alone a kettlebell, you're moving very safely and very confidently and sexy. How long's the workshop? It's a six-hour workshop. Okay, dope. An hour lunch break, and then the next day, we're just going to flip kettlebells at Zilker Park, smoke a little weed, make dope. some content, Solid. have some fun. I, That's, I, I knew the 420 and end time. Only it's makes like, sense. Yeah, there's something after that for people who want to <laughs> hang out. <laughs> yeah, but Very yeah, we have cool. some, good, some good friends coming in, so I'm excited. Well, brother, where can uh, people find you? On Instagram, at the crazy trainer. And at YouTube, I'm going to be working a little bit more on that, at The Crazy Trainer. And at Threads now, I think it's at The Crazy Trainer. <laughs> Sambles. Synergy. Sambles as well. Um, Sambles is an app that you can find me at for the training program that I'm running, The Unconventional Pump. So on Sambles, that's in the bio in my Instagram as well. And then I have a website too if you're looking for personal training and to go into my open library for lots of education. Fuck yeah, man. Anything else? Yeah, I'm going to add that this guy's the real deal for our listeners. So definitely give Jared a follow because we had not met until right now. And it was fun, it was fun for me to connect on Instagram, basically through Justin. Get the Justin Lovato cosign. You always kind of know this person right. is going to be cool. <laughs> but then you meet, you meet in person and you never really know. And so it's been really fun to connect with you and just like share these ideas, not only this podcast, but before we hit record. And so for all of our listeners, definitely give Jared a follow. Yeah, man. Love you guys. Love you, bro. This Thanks for cool. coming on. Yeah, it was great. Likewise, man. This is fun. This first, yeah. yeah, it was a good version of meeting for us. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was actually so excited for you two to meet because he's like, I don't know Sean. I'm like, Sean's the best. Don't, don't fucking worry. <laughs> right, like, I'm sure it's like, the same thing the other way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Jerry's the best. I'm like, you guys are going to be great. You guys are both really, really great. And uh, so glad that you guys came on and got to meet and uh, share this space. So thank you. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Till next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend. Drop the podcast a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. We'll see you next time.